the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A global team of experts is about to begin reviewing how the Boeing 737 MAX's flight control system got approved. The Federal Aviation Administration says an international board of authorities meets Tuesday to begin what's called a joint authorities technical review. The board will look into how the FAA approved the flight control system on the Boeing 737 MAX jetliners. All MAX jetliners have been grounded worldwide since mid-March after two crashes, one in Indonesia, the other in Ethiopia, separated by five months that killed 300 146 people. In both crashes, a faulty sensor reading triggered the anti-stall system, pushing the noses on the jets down, and the pilots were unable to recover. Mike Gracia, Washington. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee issued a subpoena Friday for Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report as Congress escalates its investigation of President Trump. This is SRN News. Dennis Prager explains his opposition to mass immigration. The answer is they bring un-American values. They're not bad people. The biggest one of the un-American values is they bring belief in big government. That's it. And big government will destroy the American story, the American dream, the American ideal, the American hope. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio, just past 1 o'clock, which means one thing. It's the start of the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's time to make weekend radio great again. It's your Narn headliner, Mitch Berg, coming up next. But first, here's an updated look at your weather for the day. A beautiful, sunny, high of 74 afternoon. Tonight, mostly clear with a chance of showers and a low of 51. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network. The wind beneath the right wing. The show that says to send us your tired, huddled masses yearning to see red. That's me, the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info. Don't forget Brad Carlson coming up tomorrow. The closer edition from 1 to 3 here on AM 1280, The Patriot. And King Banyan's radio show every Saturday morning from 1 to, excuse me, from 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. Together, we have been the Northern Alliance Radio Network for uh, the better part of a generation now, and we're going to hope to make it the full part of a generation. Of course, don't forget, uh, book out every uh, weekend night in June for our 10th anniversary party, only five years late. That's coming up here. Anyway, so much going on here today. First of all, 
it's one of those days where I need uh, not just an extra couple hours to do all the news that's on the show, but also need, honestly, 30, maybe 32 hours to get all the stuff done I need to get done today. I'm doing this today. I, I'm working on a few other projects. I've got to get out to, got to get back uh, home, pick up my guitar from the shop, get out to Stillwater for the Elephant in the Room gig tonight. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be back in Stillwater. Not the Eagles this time. We're going to be at the Stillwater Lanes going to be out there from 8 until, I believe, midnight tonight. Just a uh, in-and-out gig out there. We'll uh, see how that goes for everyone. If you're out in the East Metro this evening, stop on by. I'd love to have you uh, come out and enjoy the uh, the show here. A little different uh, club for us. First, uh, first new club we've been at in a while. We've been playing the Outpost in Ramsey and, of course, the Eagles in Stillwater pretty regularly for the last, I don't know, going on a year now. And uh, we're going to be looking to branch out into some new clubs here. By the way, if you own a bar and you're looking for a band or you have some friends who uh, own a club who are looking for some entertainment, by have ball beans. Have your people call my people. Anyway, just to go back to recap on some news uh, from a couple weeks ago, uh, the Twin Cities was horrified uh, earlier this month uh, at the attempted murder of a child at the Mall of America. Uh, Emmanuel Deshaun Aranda, uh, a Sudanese, uh, f- a gentleman of Sudanese birth and one would guess deep mental illness, uh, charged with attempted homicide of a five-year-old boy who was thrown or pushed. Well, that's the journalist talking in there. He was uh, thrown or pushed from a third floor balcony at Minnesota's Mall of America. Uh, this is, and by the way, he's had all sorts of other tra- problems with violent mental illness and, uh, help is the least of the thing he needs at this point, I'm thinking. But the, uh, the five-year-old boy who authorities say was thrown from the third floor balcony at the mall that we talked about last week is showing, quote, real signs of recovery, end quote, subtle lawyers for the, the boy's family to CBS, uh, to, to Channel 4 this past Friday, yesterday. <clears throat> Police said the suspect, Emmanuel Aretta, told him he went to, went to the mall, quote, looking for someone to kill, end quote, and chose the boy at random. Quote, we have good news to share with you on this Good Friday. Our miracle child is showing real signs of recovery. New test results have been positive, although he remains in intensive care with a long road ahead, end quote. Attorney Stephen Tillett said Friday on behalf of the boy's family. Surveillance video at the mall, this is uh, Channel 4 again, uh, says, uh, showed Aranda walking in the mall on the third floor, looking over the balcony several times before approaching the victim and his mother. The mother of the boy told authorities Aranda approached them and, without warning, picked the boy up and threw them over the side of the balcony. The child plunged almost 40 feet, suffering massive head trauma and broken arms and legs, according to CBS Minnesota. The attorney said uh, yesterday the family continues requesting privacy, as they focus on their son and his recovery, but updates will be shared with the community. Quote, just know that we absolutely feel your overwhelming love, prayers, and support, for they seem to be working. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts, said the attorney Tillett on behalf of the family. A GoFundMe campaign set up for the family has raised more than $900,000 in six days, rapidly approaching the $1 million goal. Uh, continuing on the arraignment, uh, Aranda appeared behind a glass partition on Tuesday in a courtroom in the Hennepin County Jail. Asked by the judge whether he had any questions, he said, not at all. Aranda remains in jail on $2 million bond. According to a criminal complaint, Aranda told investigators after his arrest he was angry over being rejected by women he attempted to talk to at the mall and, 
quote, the rejection caused him to lash out and be aggressive. He has two prior uh, prior convictions for assaults at the mall, both four years ago, including one in which he threw a glass of water and a glass of tea at a woman who refused to buy him something. Arenda, at one point, was banned from the mall. So uh, we will see what happens there, but uh, the city's hopes and prayers for the kids continue to to be answered, at least by slow edging in the right direction. Uh, thank goodness the child is young. They're built to rebuild at this age. Um, and the fact that we've gotten this far uh, seems like a bit of a miracle. That being said, uh, if you're so inclined, and I hope you are, pray for that kid's future. Uh, massive head injuries cause all sorts of problems. And it's better that he, he, the fact that he's alive is a good start. But the kid's got a tough road ahead of him. So uh, one step at a time, as it were here, folks. Uh We'll have some more crime and punishment news here in a bit here. I, I wanted to, one story I wanted to talk about that uh, came out in the news yesterday uh, was the fact that the state of Minnesota, actually the Minnesota State DFL caucus in the legislature is basically doing whatever it can to rename St. Croix State Park as Walter Mondale State Park. Now, Walter Mondale was a f- great and famous Minnesotan. There's no doubt about it. The kind of person you might want to name a state park after at some point. Problem is, 10 years ago, they passed a law in the legislature to uh, allow, uh, to, to bar the state from naming state parks or state property after people who are still alive. And with obvious reason, it's the sort of thing that can be used as, as a, uh, leaving aside the unseemliness of it all, it, it sort of it could be fairly and legitimately seen as political favor mongering. Not that Walter Mondale necessarily uh, is is getting back involved in politics again necessarily. I mean, it's that train's probably left the station. But fact is, it's it was illegal to do this. Now, very recently, the Minnesota State Legislature jammed down a repeal of that law or an exception to that law, allowing them to name a state park after someone who is still alive, Walter Mondale. May he remain thus as long as possible. Uh, and there. The target of this uh, attempt is St. Croix State Park, which is up near Hinkley. I've been by there many times. Uh, I occasionally vacation up in the greater Finlayson Metroplex when uh, time, budget, opportunity allows. Uh, I go up there. It's a wonderful place. St. Croix State Park is a beautiful, beautiful place. And the name St. Croix State Park has all sorts of historical resonance with the residents uh, the people of the greater Finlay-Sanaskid area, Hinkley, that, that whole sandstone uh, area up there. And it's a perfectly good name, a perfectly good name that, that has a lot to do with the community and the area. And the idea that it should be pulled up and, and, and completely renamed for Walter Mondale, on the one hand, it's arguable whether it makes sense. Does Walter Mondale have roots in the area? I don't know. I don't even know where Walter Mondale came from in this state. Uh, clearly, he was, of course, uh, I had him placed as governor. That was mistaken. He was a uh, state auditor, became a state senator, or, excuse me, a uh, United States senator, and then became vice president of Jimmy Carter for four years before moving on to run and lose against Walter Mondale. Or, excuse me, against Ronald Reagan. Sorry, Walter Mondale lost against Ronald Reagan. And the question I had was, could we, uh, could we come up with a, with a, compromise 
the Ludor. Now, now this is all being driven by uh, Senate uh, House Majority Leader Ryan Winkler, the Eddie Haskell of the uh, of the Minnesota State Senate, about whom we will be talking later on in the broadcast here, and uh, we will be. Uh, yeah, and he wants to jam it down. And of course, it's any, he wants to rename a state park, any state park. Doesn't matter whether there's any real historical connection or resonance between that park and the former vice president. Doesn't matter. This is Ryan Winkler. And he wants every Uncle Tom, Dick, and Harry to know that he is in control. And so that's what he is going to do. He's going to attempt to jam this down. Now, I, on the other hand, am a conciliator, a problem solver. I am someone who was apparently placed on this earth to solve problems, to to come up with win-win solutions or occasionally win-win-win solutions, because not only should both sides win, but so should I, the the negotiator. And so that's what I'm here to do. I'm, I'm a uniter, not a divider. Now, the DFL wants to name a state park after one of the uh, greats in the pantheon of Minnesota DFLers, Walter Mondale. The people in the greater vicinity of the St. Croix State Park, sparsely populated though it is, have a deep connection with the name as it is right now, including some of their ancestors who built the signage on the park and contributed that from their own own goodwill. That makes sense. So myself, I being a problem solver have come up with a solution i i think that they should rename lilydale state park uh, as walter mondale state park it's in lilydale of course along the mississippi river just south of st paul it's uh, it's in the metro area where walter mondale has spent the greatest greater part of his life if if Indeed, he's not even a Minneapolis native himself. It's in the metro area itself. It's in a metro area that is heavily politically tied to the DFL, so it makes perfect sense to do it right there. And Lilydale State Park is known to suffer from landslides. But I'm bump. <laughs> anyway, kids, ask your parents. Oh, wait. I am the same age as many of the kids' parents. Of course, Walter Mondale lost the greatest electoral landslide in American presidential election history, uh, winning only the District of Columbia and the state of Minnesota, uh, being swept by Ronald Reagan in 1984. That's, that's, that's the joke. Probably shouldn't have explained it, but there you had the right people got it the first time around. Anyway, 651-289-4488, the number to call, uh, should you care to join me, and I hope you will. Let's take a break. When we go back, when we come back, we'll go straight to the phones, and then we've got another story we want to make sure that uh, people are straight on here before we, before we get to Senator Dave Osbeck joining us shortly here. Go nowhere. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Well, a landslide bring you down. Want to know the secret that all those flipping houses gurus won't tell you? Flipping multi-unit properties is easier and more profitable than flipping single-family homes. With over 17 years of experience, we here at RE Mentor will show you the art of buying and selling multi-unit properties. Come spend the afternoon or evening with our team of experts, and we'll show you how you could put ten dollars to $30,000 in your pocket over the next 90 days. This two-hour class will teach you the art of the multi-unit flip. You'll learn how to buy, hold, and sell multi-unit 
ownership properties with no money down, no credit, and no risk. You risk nothing but have everything to gain. This intensive two-hour real estate class is coming to the Minneapolis area soon. Call 800-491-1654 to secure your seat. This seminar is free to the first 30 people that call. Change your life now and learn the art of the multi-unit flip or long-term hold. Call 800-491-1654. That's 800-491-1654. Hi, my name's Ken, and I own Good Start Packaging in Bedford, New Hampshire. With my Spark Cash Card from Capital One, I earn unlimited 2% cash back on all my business purchases. And last year, that added up to $36,000 in cash back. That's right, $36,000. Thanks to that, I was able to offer healthcare to my employees. The Spark Cash Card did a lot for my business, Imagine what it could do for yours. What's in your wallet? Real Capital One customers pay for real stories. Credit approval required. Pro-Life Across America is celebrating its 30th year of saving babies. That's right. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We began three decades ago, and thanks to our supporters, we now have billboards, radio ads, and internet ads across the country. So what have we learned in these 30 years? No woman wants an abortion. Most feel panic, pressure, and alone. Our hotline receives an average of 200 to 250 calls a month. We connect callers with free, confidential, and life-affirming assistance. Please help continue this legacy of support or post-abortion assistance. Visit us at prolifeacrossamerica.org or to donate today, simply press pound 250 on your cell phone and say the key words, pro-life. Pro-Life Across America, non-political and totally educational. The world of business and investing is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the info? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, reading trade magazines, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. That's where Business 1440 steps in. We're your on-air guide through the fast-paced financial and business landscape. Up-to-the-minute business and investing news. Streaming now at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call should you care to join us. If the lines are busy, just keep on trying. We'll free one up for you soon enough. Also, don't forget, also found a hashtag NARN show, that's N-A-R-N show, if you want to respond via Twitter, that's what we're there for. Don't forget, elephant in the room. Oh, we already talked about that. I'll do that again here. 651-289-4488. And let's go to the phones in the Twin Cities. Rob, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You are on the air. Oh, hi there. Yeah, I was just curious about uh, if there was any talk about changing the name of the St. Clair River to the Walter Mondale River. Uh, I had not heard that. Uh, that would be. I, it's one of my theories. I mean, not so much about Saint Croix, but for example, uh, if we want to uh, change, if we want to observe the, uh, the the separation of church and state, what we should do is take a city that is named after a religious figure, say Saint Paul, and uh, change the name to to Reagan. I think that would be a perfectly acceptable name change. Uh, but I have not heard anything about the river, uh, Rob. Uh, is, is that your proposal here, or you want to start defending against it? 
Uh, I would defend against it, but I just thought we should be on the lookout for them trying to skirt around the law. Yeah, oh yeah, and, and 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 by the way, I mean I could see it. Uh, I could see it. Ryan Winkler and well, you know, I honestly I think that Ryan Winkler will probably change the name of uh, try to change the name of St. Croix State Park to uh, Mondale State Park, but I can see Ryan Winkler trying to name the St. Croix River after himself uh, sooner than later. And Egan, Don, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And uh, hi, you're on the air. Hey, Daniel Sattel, S-I-T-T-E. Yep, uh, good to know, and uh, hope you uh, try, uh, hope you're able to uh, try again later. Here, six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. We'll uh, circle back with that a little later on here. Now, at the top of the show, at the last segment, we talked. By the way, busy show coming up today. We've got uh, Senator Dave Osmek joining us shortly here to talk about the uh, the 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 uh, so, so, so what, what you can look out for. Uh, in the Minnesota State Senate this coming session uh, regarding some of the gun control laws that the House DFL caucus is trying to jam through, but trying to jam through as quietly as possible and uh, hidden under as many layers of garbage as they can uh, as they can do. They, they, they don't want these bills to come to a, a, a floor vote on their own on the, the floor of the House because, well, it's interesting because some of the House DFLers believe Honestly, they swept the metro area entirely on gun control. Now, surveys show that that's not true. In fact, that's not even one of the top issues. Uh, I think about 3% of the voting public expressed uh, concern about gun violence in the last election. So, no, they were not, they they were not, they did not sweep into office based on uh, the the push for gun control. Uh, And you can tell that Ryan Winkler knows this because. He has done his darndest to keep these uh, gun bills from coming to a floor vote in the House. He wants to forward them to the Senate uh, buried in an omnibus bill, where uh, an omnibus bill that they have to pass, something like public safety spending. Like, you have to pass it to make sure that the state patrol has funding, uh, that police have uh, help coming from the state. Oh, and by the way, they're going to bury these gun control, you know, the, uh, the gun control bills, the uh, red flag gun confiscation orders, and the universal registration. Uh, bills. They they don't want, Ryan Winkler does not want, uh, f- far from believing that gun control is a winning message for him in the uh, in the upcoming elections, he does not want every um, Uncle Tom, Dick, and Harry to see that uh, the, how his people are voting, because it's a good way to lose a lot of third-tier suburban seats right over again here in 2020, as hopefully they will anyway. That's where you and I come in. Anyway, so we'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking at the, after the top of the hour here with uh, some representatives from the Minnesota Voters Alliance. We're going to have Dan McGrath, I believe Eric Cardall, and possibly Andy Selick will be joining us here. It's going to be a full house here in the studio. And uh, we're going to be talking about their big win in court, uh, defending, uh, going after Secretary of State Simon and all of that voter registration data that uh, it is alleged it's so very, very cooked and such very, very uh, smoking gun evidence of the lack of integrity of, of Minnesota's election system. Uh, so I'm looking forward to talking about that. That was a big win this past week. And it's you can tell it's kind of getting under Secretary of State Simons' craw just a little bit. So looking forward to that uh, discussion, second hour here. Anyway, started off the uh, show today with a crime and punishment story. 
the uh, the the story about the the crazy man, for lack of a better term, who throw the who threw the child over the third floor balcony at the Mall of America. We talked about that last week. I have been anxious about that possibility ever since I first went into that mall with kids, and uh, I was right. Nobody's laughing at me now. Not that they did before. They just thought it was weird that I stayed away from the the railing. I have a hunch if you go out to the mall today, today, a lot of parents are walking over towards the stores these days. There was another story this past week uh, that showed another side of crime, uh, potentially another side of crime and punishment. Uh, not as good if you are one of the good guys. Uh, it, it was an episode that happened in St. Paul on, I believe, Thursday. I want to say it was uh, well, so maybe Wednesday. There was an episode out on the east side. Uh, a fellow named Vincent Nesta Trotter, who's an east side homeowner, uh, shot a fellow who was alleged to have stolen and then crashed that stolen car and then fled from the police out on the east side. And what he's done is given us a pretty good lesson on what not to do in a self-defense situation. If you are a law-abiding Minnesotan who... Uh, who who values the right to keep and bear arms to protect yourself, your freedom, your community, your property, your family. It behooves you to do it responsibly, to do it uh, from a from a standpoint of being well informed and honestly being able to 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 make good decisions under pressure. Now, Berg's eighteenth law is in full effect here uh, until. A certain amount of time has passed. We're not going to be getting good information out of the media on this story here. Uh, but as of the other day, what it looked like was this. Now, remember, when you're claiming self-defense, you have to prove that you were in reasonable, immediate fear of death or great bodily harm. And you have to prove you tried to disengage. Tried. It's called duty to retreat. And there's a dozen different pieces of case law governing it in the state of Minnesota. But what it boils down to is you have to make a reasonable effort to get away from the F episode before it turns potentially lethal. Reasonable. I mean, if you're pushing a kid in a stroller, no. If you have two broken legs and are on crutches, no. If you're a 75-year-old woman being accosted by two teenagers, no. Otherwise, you're supposed to try to at least disentangle yourself uh, before resorting to lethal force. Okay, so you have to hit both of those. Reasonable immediate fear of death or great bodily harm. You have to try and disengage. You can only use the force that's needed to end the lethal threat. And you can't be seen as the aggressor. Under Minnesota law, you have to meet all four of those criteria. Uh, in the eyes of, well, the police or the prosecutor, or if all goes completely upside down, the jury uh, for self-defense using lethal force to be uh, permitted under the law for your claim of self-defense to, to stand up. And if, heaven forfend, you are in a shooting that you believe fits those four criteria, and in Minnesota, it does have to meet all four of them. If you're outside your house, you don't have to retreat when you're inside the house. There is a piece of case law that basically gave us castle doctrine uh, 20 years ago in the state of Minnesota. So you don't have to try and retreat as far as you can anymore 
in your home, outside your home, another story. My first uh, carry permit instructor, the late, great Joel Rosenberg, uh, drilled it into your students' heads. If, heaven forfend, you were ever involved in a shooting, the only things that come out of your mouth are, I want to talk to a lawyer and I do not consent to a search. Now, whether the shooting was dodgy, dicey, perhaps legally ambiguous, or whether you were a 100-pound woman defending yourself from a gang of rapists who came to the event wearing T-shirts saying, hey, we are a gang of rapists, armed with shotguns and chainsaws and baseball bats. Either way, and, and the shooting appears to the outsider to be completely unambiguously righteous, the two things out of your mouth are, I want to talk to a lawyer, I don't consent to a search. That may be in point out any evidence or witnesses who can point out the fact that you met those four criteria. Uh, those are the only things you say to the police, to the prosecutor, to anyone without a lawyer there to guide you through the uh, the, the minefield, uh, legal minefield of self-defense. So you do that so evidence that you violated at least three of those criteria doesn't wind up, I don't know, in front of the entire jury pool in the local media, as it seems to unfortunately have done for Mr. Trotter. Uh, this is a quote from the Star Tribune. The complaint says Trotter followed police instructions, put the gun on the ground, telling officers, I pull up and he's at my door. The complaint states he also said, quote, I told him don't move, he moves, and I let three or four rounds go. I see blood, I think I hit him, I tried to hit him, I carry a forty-five. And if that's not bad enough, surveillance video showed that the shooting uh, victim walked up uh, to Trotter's porch, sat down, never attempted to get inside the home. When Trotter's vehicle pulled up five minutes later, the video shows the victim walk down the porch steps, take two steps towards Trotter. His hands are visible and away from his body. The visit video then shows the man walking away from Trotter, quote, looking back over his left shoulder as he retreated. Uh Trotter then continues to advance, put his gun in a high-ready position while saying something to clear away the video. Uh, was retrie- The video shows, according to the complaint from the police, that the, the, the victim was retreating. So the whole idea of legitimate fear of immediate death or great bodily harm, not st- looking so good. Again, uh, the, he, Mr. Trotter is innocent until proven guilty. But this exa- shows you a few things you should not do if, heaven forfend, you are in that situation. Forearmed is Forewarned is forearmed. Northern Alliance, uh, Senator Dave Osbeck joins us next. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow, today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today. Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. Would you invest $29 to make sure that your basement doesn't flood? Of course you would. Call Benjamin Franklin Plumbing for their $29 sump pump safety check. They'll put your pump through rigorous testing to make sure it will stand up to Mother Nature. They can also install a pump with a fail-safe battery backup in case of power failure. Call Benjamin Franklin, the punctual plumber. If there's any delay, it's you they pay. The $29 sump pump safety check ends soon. Call 877-BEN-1776. If there's any delay, it's 
All right, here's the great selling point of Relief Factor. Well, actually, the greatest selling point is that it works for the great majority of people who use it. But the big selling factor is really this. You can get all the pain relief benefits of Relief Factor without the negative side effects of ibuprofen. A couple of years ago, with great sciatic pain, I would take ibuprofen a lot. And it helped, but the side effects were so awful after a while that I I just had to discontinue use. But that's not the problem with relief factor. So that's huge. So if you've been using any form of ibuprofen, now you don't have to with relief factor. Go to relieffactor.com, check out the pricing, and please give it a try because pain is pretty awful. Or call 800-500-8384. That's relieffactor.com. It's time for the Narn Report. As a guy who spent the best years of his life raising a couple of millennials, I'm here to tell you they are a puzzle. On the one hand, polls show that they are the most socialistic generation in recent history, but other polls show that they're also more libertarian than the average American and, believe it or not, more pro-Second Amendment than their elders are. Now, part of that can be explained by Winston Churchill's aphorism. If someone's not a liberal at 20, they have no heart, and if they're not a conservative by 40, they have no brain. I've lived that one myself, trust me. Part of it, though, may be that they grew up during the Obama administration and the Obama recession, and they may actually still believe government solves economic problems. The point is this. While it's an entertaining diversion to mock the snowflakes and the social justice warriors of the younger generation, there are also lots of opportunities for conversion out there. Hear the Northern Alliance Radio Network, Saturday and Sundays at 1 p.m., AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. 651-289-4488, should you care to join us. Hey, don't forget Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley's The Power of Healthy Conflict, Friday, May 17th, 7 o'clock at Redeeming Love Church. Go to am1280thepatriot.com. It's to help you turn conflict to your benefit. If you're in a marriage, a relationship, significant other, business, talk show, business arrangement, investor, whatever. Conflict doesn't have to be a threat. Go to am1280thepatriot.com. Check it out. 651-289-4488, the number to call, should you care to join me. You can also join me on hashtag Narn Show. That's N-A-R-N Show. With us next, uh, live from somewhere about uh, around about the greater Twin Cities, Senator Dave Osmek, longtime uh, friend of the show here. Senator Dave uh, Osmek, well, I just repeated your whole name. Dave, welcome back to the broadcast here. How are you doing today? Good afternoon, conservative infidels. Such a lovely, lovely afternoon. I'm in Woodbury tonight or today uh, with the uh, my sister-in-law and her family, sort of doing an e- early Easter celebration. So, uh, believe me, it is nice outside. If you can get out, this is the day to do it. Yep, absolutely. I plan on doing exactly that here as soon as I get off the air here today. So, uh, thanks for the reminder. It's looking like a gorgeous Easter here. So, and you're going to need to enjoy it, Senator Osmek, because you are coming down to the last, I believe, we're down to almost four weeks left in the uh, legislative, four or five weeks left in the legislative session right now uh, at the most. And, of course, this is like like any group, <laughs> group uh, procrastinated group. Uh, it's all going to come down to the last... Uh, a mad dash to try and pass absolutely essential bills over the last week, which is made harder 
by the fact that everything uh, gets jammed into omnibuses that are intended to embarrass the other side. Uh, why can Minnesota never do anything about this this scourge of the omnibus bill, Senator Dave Osmeck? Well, I think it partially comes down to the fact that we've done it for so long. We're all comfortable with it. Uh, the Senate has passed a number of good bills off the Senate floor that the House is refusing to either take up those uh, companion bills or, or just flat out don't want to deal with the subject matter area. Um, you know, it, it is it is the way of this is the way it works. And I, I, this is my seventh session. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of change that's going to happen. What you just try not to do is throw everything into a single 900 pager like we did last time around. I, that's not going to happen. But we do fund the government, the state government, through what's called omnibus bills. And uh, unfortunately, we also throw a little policy in just to because to, to, you, you have to get bills to get everything through and you got to get votes to get everything through. So uh, it's just the it's just a fact of life. And, and, and we are we are procrastinators. We are in the middle of our well, we're finishing up our Easter break right now. Uh, we do have about five weeks left. Uh, and I think we we have an op, we have a we have a way to get there. I'm just not completely convinced we're going to get there, depending on what our friends in the House and the governor do. Absolutely. Now, one of the the omnibus bill, well, one of the bills that, that's that's coming out of the House here shortly, actually two of the bills coming out of the House here shortly, the uh, red flag gun confiscation bills and the uh, universal registration bills. Uh, Representative Winkler, the majority leader in the House, the DFLR, the Eddie Haskell of the Minnesota uh, <laughs> House of uh, Representatives, is it's interesting to me, Senator Osmek, because uh, when the uh, when the DFL swept the metro area, including uh, including your A side uh, over on your area, I mean, I mean, Cindy Pugh got swept out of office. Uh, the DFL lined up quickly to say that gun control was the reason that they captured so much of the metro area. And if that were the case, you'd think that Representative Winkler would be out there making sure that these votes, straight up and down votes in the Minnesota House of Representatives, would be right there captured in public right off the bat so that every Uncle Tom, Dick, and Harry could see exactly how his DFL was voting. And yet he seems to be going to some unseemly contortions to avoid that fate, uh, Senator Osmek. Any idea why? Well, that's because they don't have the votes in the House <laughs> to pass their radical gun-grabbing bills. I went out to uh, I, I, during break, sometimes I like to go out and do some classroom uh, work and, and talk to kids. Actually, I love talking with high school kids because they are refreshingly conservative in many cases. And I went out to my alma mater, Glencoe High School, and actually it's Glencoe Silver Lake, but I graduated from Glencoe High School, so I'm, I just saw call it Glencoe. Yeah. Uh, and I did four civics classes. And in all four of the civics classes, I said, I looked at the class and I said, can you tell me what a red flag law is? Uh, it was over a hundred different seniors in high school had never heard what a red flag law was. And then I asked them, I said, should the government be able to come in and take your newspapers and your magazines? Nobody wanted that. Can the government come in? Should the government be allowed to come in and take your, uh, take your, uh, your uh, phone? No. Okay. Uh, should they come in and take your knives? It'd be hard to eat a steak if you don't have a knife. No. This is actually encouraging. Well, why do you to... think they should come in and take your guns? 
Yeah, it's actually encouraging to think that they, they, they put limits on government intrusion even even so far. So this is I'm feeling better about the, the younger generation already. Anyway, yes. So they said so yeah. what did they how they respond on the guns? They all said the same thing. I, and I explained to them, I said, listen, here's how gun here's how red flags laws works. And I picked out a boy and a girl. And I pointed to them, and, and of course, I always got a good laugh because they weren't ever boyfriend or girlfriend. Right. I said, listen, you, one, one of you, you guys are in a relationship. You have a messy divorce, sort of, so to speak. You might have property. You might have a dog or something like that. And one of you makes, it says, hey, this person's got guns. They're threatening me. And the government can just come in and take them, period. Yeah. And they all, everybody in the room, even the more moderate Maybe, and because I'm sure there were Democrat leading kids in the room, right. all said, Well, what do you mean by that? I said, Yes, this is what a red flag law does. You, know, I am wondering, I mean, this is in Glencoe where there's still a, a residue of common sense uh, uh, about society. I wonder how that, I wonder how that would go if you were to do a, a civics class in, I don't know, Minneapolis or St. Paul or Bloomington, Senator Osmeck. I, I wonder if we could take bets on that. Not real money, of course, but I, nonetheless, it, it is good to see that, that the younger generation is at least maintaining some common sense about these sorts of things. I, I, I'm feeling well, a little now- better about things. Things. Go ahead. Well, outside the area, yes, uh, you're right. Once you get inside of the 494, 694 loop, you start to get a little more nervous. Uh-huh. But then I also mentioned to these kids, because uh, I noticed on their electronic sign outside the high school, it said that Trap Club was going to have a have a meet the next day. And I went, you know, you, re- you people do realize that uh, there are people in St. Paul, in the Minnesota State Senate and the House that want to eliminate Trap Clubs. You understand that, right? And they all looked at me, and I said, yeah. And all the students, well, not all of them, but the, the students that were in Trap Club or had any association with us said, what do you mean they're going to take? We learned gun safety. I said, exactly. <laughs> you understand what private gun laws, you understand what your what the law means, and you understand how firearms work, and you understand how to legally use them. Uh, you are not like You are not the problem, children. But there are people at this legislature that want to take, take away these clubs. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and good to know people are getting the message. So, here's the big question. Obviously, the these the the House is going to do their best to bury the uh, the confiscation law. Uh, excuse me, the confiscation bill and the registration bills into omnibus bills. Probably the public safety appropriations omnibus bill, which has to get passed, or the state patrol and the BCA go without money, and yada yada yada. That's how and it's the done. Yeah, and the prisons yeah. and so forth. Yeah, so so th- these have to pass one way or another, and so people, if they get there, to that point, uh, people can have to vote f- against police funding to uh, to to try and support uh, the law-abiding gun owners. So this will mean that, that these bills will wind up going to the Senate. What happens there, Senator Osmeck? Well, what happens is, is our bills will not have them. We have Senator Gazelka, who's the leader of the Senate, has said very specifically house you need to have up or down hearings on these bills they can't get them to the floor they need to pass them cleanly the house can't get them to the floor because there are democrats that aren't even willing to go along with either one of these two bills so if the house decides to send the senate a bill that includes these and by the way when they get to the house floor in an omnibus bill don't be surprised when those provisions are stripped out to start with right but if they are able to stay in 
the Senate will not have them in their bill, then we will go, as, as we always do, go to a conference committee, and they will not come out of, out of conference, and the, and the House DFL will have to vote on something that doesn't include these ridiculous, fictitious, superficial, dumb bill, dumb gun laws that we all know have no bearing on any kind of safety in Minnesota. So here's a question, and I'm just getting a little maybe too devious for my own good here, Senator Osmek, but would it be possible to introduce to the Senate versions of HF8 and HF9, the, the registration and confiscation bills, uh, to have votes in the Senate on the floor uh, on on those bills, just to make sure every Uncle Tom, Dick, and Harry does, in fact, in the Senate, uh, get their name on record for or against the bill. Would would it be possible someone for for someone to introduce them on the Senate floor just to make sure people are st- uh, stand up and are counted? Or is that well, trying to get too cute do. here? <laughs> well, here's the problem with that: is that none of our bills that come to the Senate floor will have any subject matter area that touches that section of state statute. Gotcha. Then you have the, then you have the term germaneness. Ah. That if the bill, if the amendment that you're providing is outside the scope of the bill that's there, you just can't willy-nilly throw anything onto any bill. Right. Uh, there is one exception on sprinkler laws, and we won't talk about that today. <laughs> but uh, you can't add it to a bill if it's not in the title of the bill, and then it will be struck down on germaneness. So there won't be a vote. But the simple fact of the matter is the guys in the House, the guys in the majority in the House can't get the votes to bring it up onto the floor. That tells you something, boys and girls. So and the general sense is that for all of the DFL and the anti-gun groups yapping about what a pivotal issue it was, the DFL isn't really feeling all that confident about it as an issue, much less these bills. How is the Senate feeling about about this issue, how this redounds to the, the advantage or disadvantage for Republicans in 2020, Senator Asbeck? Well, I, you know, every district is like a different snowflake. You cannot necessarily predict or pigeonhole one. Uh, have I received some emails and some correspondence from people that want these bills? Yes. It is an infinitely small number of people from my district. And more importantly, I have an equal number of people that say these flag, red flag laws and universal background checks are ridiculous on their faces. And, you know, we could talk about universal background checks too, but neither one of them are really going to have anything of any positive, uh, positive uh, momentum on helping us change gun violence in Minnesota. We all know that. So, I mean, it, it it all depends upon your district, and I'm sure that uh, some some suburban districts have a little bit more influence on this particular issue. But when you package it the way I do and just say common sense, why should the government be able to strip you of your Fourth Amendment rights with red flag laws? People suddenly react, and they react very strongly, even those youngsters that are libertarian-leaning. Absolutely. Uh, Senator Dave Osmek, uh, we'll have to get together again sometime before the end of the session and, and do a wrap up on where, where, where some other things are uh, status wise and, and some things to look for as we head towards, uh, well, the end of session and, and uh, head, head to the bonding years. Uh, Senator, uh, thanks for joining us on the broadcast today. You bet. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Senator Dave Osmek represents the greater Mound Metroplex in the Western Metro. Uh, we'll uh, be having him out here shortly. 651-28. Uh, soon, I should say. Soon. Not shortly. Soon. In a, in a shortly upcoming broadcast. Northern Alliance. Hey, I'm 1280 The Patriot. Gun know. We'll be right back.
1280 The Patriot. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Okay, here's the deal. Mortgage rates went up this year, right? Wrong. If you're looking to lower your monthly payment or thinking of getting cash out of your home, mortgage rates are actually now the lowest in months. But the clock's ticking. And at Cash Call Mortgage, there's no better time to take advantage than right now. Call us at 833-458-CASH. Speak with one of our refinance specialists today, and you may be able to lock in the lowest rates of the year before they're gone. We'll even get the process started without the upfront deposit other lenders still charge. That's 833-458-CASH. Refinance with Cash Call Mortgage today. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. and MLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Don't let these low rates pass you by. All you need to get started is a phone. Dial 833-458-CASH. Again, 833-458-CASH. Refinance with Cash Call Mortgage today. This is a message to business owners. The strongest selling proposition is to get your customer into your store in front of your product. Now you can do that digitally everywhere with Salem Surround. Digital marketing that easily takes your business beyond its four walls. Putting your message on people's computers, tablets, and mobile phones everywhere. Your digital ad virtually puts them into your store in front of your products. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Call us at Salem Surround for a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggested ideas that could dramatically increase your sales. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers. Salem Surround, total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com, connecting you with new customers. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. So, we were talking uh, this past, well, we've been talking about a lot. Our 5th District Representative Ilhan Omar, I'm going to save that one for a little later on the broadcast here. Uh, Norm Coleman, former Minnesota State uh, Senator, former St. Paul Mayor, uh, has been ill in recent years. He's had uh, he's had cancer. He's still he's still holding on, still doing pretty well. And uh, of course, his brain is is ticking right along here. Now, if you're a conservative, I have a number of conservative friends who are have uh, not evolved into huge fans of Norm Coleman. Uh, truth be told, he had a few issues where I, I differed with him strongly. 
Uh, but on the other hand, he was in many ways the most conservative senator that you were going to ele- get elected from the state of Minnesota. Uh, in certainly, but far and away, the most conservative person you were ever going to see serving as mayor of St. Paul. In fact, when you consider the idea that you had a Republican mayor of St. Paul, granted, uh, Coleman was a Democrat when he was elected the first time and was basically cashiered from the DFL and, and so went to the Republican Party because the DFL wouldn't have him. They found someone farther to the left or far, further from the center, I guess, in the case of Norm Coleman. So the idea that, that he, of course, he's not a conservative, uh, not a, certainly a doctrinaire movement conservative. He's not a, he's, he's not a Prairie Jack Kemp. That being said, he was uh, the city of St. Paul since Norm left office has truly not been the same. Uh, things are, are, I won't say in free fall, but on the other hand, Norm Coleman left things in a pretty decent state for the subsequent mayors to screw up. And they have screwed it up. Have you just look at, at the way the city is going these days? By the way, there was another uh, death out on the uh, Green Line today. Uh, someone apparently fell off the in Minneapolis. This wasn't St. Paul per se, but uh, n- close to the St. Paul border, someone fell off the train station at Stadium Village and got run over by the train. I, I've taken the Green Line, a.k.a. the Vomit Comet, to work a few times over the past year and a half uh, since I've been working back in downtown Minneapolis and have spent occasionally some time looking down from the... The, the station platforms at the at the front of the tracks at the front of the trains, and they have kind of a little cow catcher arrangement uh, arrangement that looks like it's supposed to make sure that anything that is laying on the track uh, doesn't get run over. I wondered if they worked. Apparently not. Anyway, I digress. Norm Coleman had a piece that came out uh, this past week on the American Ac- uh, American Action Network's news uh, notes from Norm. He, uh, he he points out that the Washington Post has a location on its website called the Fact Checker, which bills itself as quote an ongoing database of the false or misleading claims made by President Trump since assuming office. As of March thirty first, twenty nineteen, the page blares quote in eight hundred and one days, President Trump has made ninety four hundred fifty one false or misleading claims. It's a fascinating exercise, I suppose, from a newspaper which markets itself stating that quote. Democracy dies in darkness. Founded in 1877, I assume this is Norm Coleman writing here, that the WAPO in that long history has probably made at least 9,400 and change false or misleading claims. Maybe more. Who knows, really? But if they did, and if they have, who is the fact checker that makes sure the Washington Post isn't making false or misleading claims? Oh, I got that one for you, Norm. We are. We are. The alternative media, the conservative alternative media, the bloggers, and the talk show hosts who 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 do that job. Now we don't aren't given the credibility and the solemn, uh, the, the the solemn acceptance that people with the real tin journalist badges have. But we do that anyway. Oh, for that matter, says uh, Senator Coleman. Other news outlets such as CNN, which has this past January published a bombshell report that President Trump had personally directed his former legal counsel Michael Cohen to lie to Congress, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it leads up to a conclusion. By the way, I urge you to read it. He posted it on his Facebook account today, and of course, it's on the American Action Network uh, website as well. Uh, I'll just read it, jump to his conclusion here. There is no upside to America's democracy to demonizing our nation's press. Fair point. 
they are not the enemy of America or the American people. Fair enough. But neither there is there an upside to believing the press is infallible and immune from criticism for the mistakes it makes. Democracy does indeed die in darkness, but democracy also dies when the credibility of institutions central to protecting its survival dies in the darkness. And, and I would say, yes, I agree, Senator Coleman. And furthermore, beyond that, and I believe, as, as the senator alludes to in his piece, which is an excellent piece, I urge you to read it, the, w- this country needs institutions that it trusts. It needs to be able to trust the FBI. It needs to be able to trust law enforcement from, from community all the way up to federal level. It needs to be able to trust, perhaps above all, the media to clearly and dispassionately and objectively hold government accountable. Now, the fact is, as we found over the last two years of watching the media report on the Mueller investigation and on President Trump, uh, we know that we can't trust them to do this. They will report. They have. It's on the record. They have spent the last two years reporting, quite frankly, sensationalistic garbage that met their wishful thinking. And in fact, that this is not just some aberration, but in fact, part of the plan, because as I reported two years ago, right after the 2016 election, representatives from the two major newsrooms, the Washington Post and the New York Times, were heard on national public radios on the media broadcast, which is as close to an expression of the inner id of American big media as there is, saying It was time to get over the original rules of the media, of just telling the story, putting the facts out there clearly and dispassionately and objectively and letting people make up their own mind. No, they said, these representatives of the elite media, we need to start using our power to denormalize President Trump. This week, we saw the results of that. The media is not the enemy, but they're not our friends. AM 12, the Patriot Gun Network. I'll be right back. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-607-3551. That's 800-607-3551. 800-607-3551. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Did you know that 45% of consumers look at your online reviews, comments, and feedback to decide if they want to do business with you and your company? I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of Salem Media Group Twin Cities, and I want to introduce you to Salem Surround, the next generation answer to digital marketing for your local business. Salem Surround can help your company get the most out of their online reviews and reputation. Call Alyssa for more information at 651-289-4406. There is nothing that they won't do to get you the help you need to become a successful student at Online Trading Academy. My name is Brian. I've been with Online Trading Academy since November 2016. 
What OTA has done for me, they've really opened my eyes into how the financial markets work and how a financial advisor, how do mutual funds work and how do they make money and what the expense is to me for them giving me their advice. Teaching me that I can be in control of that is really helping me save the expense that they had been taking out of my portfolio. The only criteria that you need is the internal desire to want to become a trader and take financial control of your life. Join us for a free investing class by calling pound 250 on your cell phone and use the keyword OTA or go to learnwithota.com. What do basketball, choir, drama club, and marching band all have in common? They're all high school activities that offer learning opportunities not necessarily found in the classroom. They take up just a fraction of a typical Minnesota high school's budget, and they go a long way to giving young people the tools they need to thrive. High school activities, they're more than extracurricular. They're extra important, too. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. AM 1280, The Patriot. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.